Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Victory Baptist Church in Hope Mills, North Carolina. I pray that God uses this message to help you worship God, strengthen your relationship, and glorify Him. Without further ado, here is this week's message. Well, all right. If you guys would go ahead and open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 7. Um, James, I'm getting a little bit of feedback here. Could you turn um, maybe me down in the monitors a little bit? That sounds better. Thank you. Um, today is part four of our uh, series within a series uh, where we're contrasting Jesus with the Old Testament priests. So part one of that series emphasized that Jesus was greater than the Old Testament priests because though he was tempted like they were, he perfectly resisted that temptation and remained sinless. Part two of this uh, mini-series that Jesus is greater than the Old Testament priest, part two was that Jesus is greater than the Old Testament priest because he combined the office of uh, priest and king together into one office. And then last week was part three of the series where we focused on Melchizedek. And we discussed how Melchizedek's priesthood was greater than that of of the Levites. Since Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, then his priesthood is also greater than the Levites. So this morning, we're going to be in chapter 7, verses 11 through 19, and this is part 4 of our little series, Jesus is Greater Than the Old Testament Priests. And the main idea of this text is that Jesus draws us near to God. Jesus draws us near to God. And we break this down into three parts. There's perfection, the indestructible life, and a better hope. Now, before I get started, I want to say that this sermon is kind of split into two different parts. Uh, Verses 11 through 28 are all one big argument that the author is providing to support a single point. So I had a choice to make. I could go over that whole thing very quickly and skip a bunch of the details, but I didn't think that was what God, I didn't think that was how God wanted me to treat this text. Um, I could make it one long sermon, uh, but honestly, I don't think I'm a a good enough preacher to keep everybody's attention for 35 or 40 minutes. Um, so I chose to break it up into two smaller sermons. Uh, so for that reason, this sermon this morning and next week might be a little bit shorter than my normal sermon, but probably not by much. Uh, but I'll go ahead and pray and we'll get into this text. Heavenly Father, God, we praise you because you are wondrous. You are glorious. Lord, we praise you because you've provided a way to draw us near to you. That is our heart's desire is to be near to you. You created us for that purpose. So as we open up this text, I pray that you will show us who you are, show us uh, how we are not like you, and help us to be transformed more into your image. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we'll go ahead and get started right here. Hebrews 7 verse 11 says, Now if perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, For on the basis of it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to appear, said to be be according to the order of Melchizedek and not according to the order of Aaron? For when there is a change of the priesthood, there uh, there must be a change of law as well. For the one, sorry, for the one these things are spoken about belongs to a different tribe. No one from it has served at the altar. Now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah, and Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. So this starts off, there's a lot in here, but we'll take it apart piece by piece. It says, if perfection came through the Levitical priesthood, what further need was there for another priest to appear? Now the Greek word that the author uses here for perfection is teleosis. All right, so teleosis, this word refers to the qualifications required to draw near to God. This concept of teleosis is a very important concept throughout the rest of this text, so I'm going to review that real quick 
because it is so important and central to this argument that the author is making, right? So teleosis is this word for perfection, and it means to be drawn close to God. So when we look through the Old Testament, specifically in Leviticus, we see that God established a system uh, as a means for his people to maintain a relationship with him. And this system was to be implemented by the Levites, the Levitical priests. Um, We see that the Levites were chosen here in Numbers 8. Uh, It says, but I have... <clears throat> I have taken the Levites in place of every firstborn among the Israelites. From the Israelites, I have given the Levites exclusively to Aaron and his sons to perform the work for the Israelites at the tent of meeting and to make atonement on their behalf, so that no plague will come against the Israelites when they approach the sanctuary. Then, after this, all 27 chapters of Leviticus outline the rules and procedures and the practices of this system that God is laying out. Everything from sacrifices and holy days to clean foods and even bodily discharges. So unfortunately, though, as you read through the rest of the Old Testament, you see that the Israelites fail to follow this law. Even worse, the Levites fail to live up to this code. They, are, uh, they, they fail in their responsibility to minister according to God's law. Therefore, this teleosis, this perfection that we're talking about, the drawing near to God, it did not happen. If it did, there would be no need for another priest to come along. But it did fail, so we need a new priesthood. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there must also be a change in the law as well. So it could be tempting to think that maybe we've got this law set up. Maybe we just change the priests out from under the law. Keep the law there, just change the priests, and that'll fix the system. But the law and the priesthood are tied together. Um, Time and again throughout the Old Testament, the priests were replaced and they always failed. We read through the Old Testament, and we see the succession of priests coming and going and coming and going, and they always fail. Some do a better job than others, but eventually they always fail. The priests had the same problem as the rest of us, and that problem is sin. These priests would always fail because they were descended from Adam, and inherently or they inherited this sinful humanity. But it wasn't just the priests that were defective, right? They were defective because the law could not perfect them. This law was unable to truly atone for our sins. God gave us this law to show us just that. God gave us this Old Testament law to show us that we could not make uh, atonement for our sins. God gave us the law to show us that man could not atone for our own sins. Paul makes that argument pretty clear for us in Romans 7, if you want to dig into that one a little bit deeper. But God gave this law to show that we could not draw near to him. We could not do this teleosis on our own ambitions or efforts. But because of sin, which required this law and was highlighted by this law, the priests were established through the same law. Therefore, the law and the priests are considered together. So when one goes, they both have to go. The Levites would not be the priests in this new law. But who would? Who would be this new priest under a new law? Well, if it's not the Levites, it has to be somebody from a different tribe. Well, what about the tribe of Judah? Uh, We pick up in verse 14. It says, Now it is evident that our Lord came from Judah, and Moses said nothing about that tribe concerning priests. See, Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. It's the same tribe that, that David came from. This actually explains Jesus' royal lineage. He could be king because he was part of the Davidic line, but it puts him outside of the lineage of of Levi. 
Moses never said anything about the Judaites serving as priests. And when I say Moses, and right here in this text when it's talking about Moses, it's not just talking about Moses' actual words, but the writings of Moses. So this would be the first five books of the Bible, um, often also referred to as the law. When we look at the Pentateuch, those first five books, it doesn't say anything about the Judaites serving as priests or serving in the temple. They would go and be served, they would go and offer sacrifices, but they wouldn't be the ones actually serving at the temple. Um, But what we saw is that uh, we need a new priest from a new law outside of that Levitical priesthood. So maybe the Judaites are the right tribe to turn to. As mentioned in verse 13, nobody from that tribe had served at the altar. And Jesus, being outside the Levitical line, could serve as this replacement priest. And that's, it's all a little bit confusing, and the author recognizes that. So he continues, and he says, And it's, uh, this becomes clearer if another priest like Melchizedek appears, who did not become a priest based on legal regulation about physical descent, but based on the power of an indestructible life. All right, so this legal regulation about physical descent. This is talking about in the law, in the, the Pentateuch, where it says that the priests must come through the line of Levi. They must be Levitical. Right? They must come from that tribe. They must be the descendants of Levite. And we just noted that Jesus is not a Levite. It also serves to contrast how Melchizedek was also not a Levite. Well, that seems obvious. Melchizedek couldn't be a Levite because he lived before Levite or Levi, so he couldn't be Levi's descendant. So there's part of that. Jesus comes in outside of the Levitical priesthood. So not not on the, the, the basis of a physical descent, but based on the power of an indestructible life. This indestructible life. This points to the fact that Jesus, or after Jesus went to the cross to provide atonement for our sins, he was resurrected from the dead. Jesus was raised in victory over sin and death. Then after 40 days, he didn't die again. No, after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. He lives forever sitting at the right hand of God. And often when we think about Jesus living forever, we think of this living forevermore. But Jesus is eternality is more than just forevermore. See, Jesus has existed alongside the Father and the Holy Spirit ever since forever ago as well. So it's not just a forevermore, but a forever ago. This indestructible life has always existed and always has existed. There is this indestructible life that gives Jesus the authority to be the priest for those who place their faith in him. The, the, the authority is based on his indestructible life, not based on his physical descent. Um, Jesus' eternal life, his sacrifice on the cross, and his resurrection provide salvation and priesthood for believers. We were far from God. And even through the Old Testament law and the priests, we were still far from God. But through Jesus, we can be brought close to him again. That teleosis that the author is looking for can be accomplished through Jesus. It's not just salvation. And I'm not trying to diminish salvation from eternal damnation at all. That is glorious. But it's not just there. That's the starting point. God adopted us into his family. And uh, we are given the blessings of having this eternal father. The the father who's the king of all eternity and the ruler of the entire universe. That's what it means that Jesus, as our priest, accomplishes the teleosis that the Levitical priests could not. Now, I actually kind of jumped ahead of the author a little bit, and that's the point he was about to make if I could have just kept reading. It says, For it has been testified, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable, for the law perfected nothing. But a better hope is introduced through which we can draw near to God. So this quote right here, 
you are a priest forever according to the, the order of Melchizedek. Well, see, last week, we looked at Melchizedek in the book of Genesis, and that was the only historical account of Melchizedek in the Bible. And I said that there was only one other Old Testament text where he shows up. So this week, we get to see that text, and it's Psalm 110, and it's a prophetic royal psalm written by David. It says, This is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. Rule over your surrounding enemies. Your people will volunteer on your day of battle. In, the holy, in holy splendor, from the womb of the dawn, the dew of your youth belongs to you. The Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. You are a priest forever, according to the, the pattern of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush the kings on the day of his anger. He will judge the nations, heaping up uh, corpses. He will crush the leaders over the entire world. He will drink from the brook by the road. Therefore, he will, uh, he will lift up his head. So right there in verse 4 is where we see this prophecy about a future king slash priest in the order of Melchizedek. So this order of Melchizedek, uh, that word, when we say order, we're not talking about like a, a first, second, third, fourth, fifth, not that type of order, but it's more of an order as in a group of people. Um, if you're a Harry Potter fan, think the order of the phoenix, right? There's this group of people who have come together to accomplish a task. Or, well, since we're here in North Carolina, we have the order of the longleaf pine. You guys know what the order of the longleaf pine is? Harriet's giving me a little yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's an honor that the governor can choose to give to somebody who's an ex- exemplary North Carolinian. And so this is a group of people that have been honored by the governor. It's the highest honor that the governor can give to a North Carolinian. Uh, and so these people are part of a group, and that group is called the Order of the Longleaf Pine. <clears throat> and so this order of Melchizedek is that same way. It's a group of priests according to this, uh, the, this, um, this pattern that Melchizedek has set up. Uh, so right here in the Old Testament, we see this promise of a future priest who would come from outside the Levites and establish a new law. So this new law, it says, if the previous command or the previous command is annulled because it was weak and unprofitable, for the law perfected nothing, but a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. So this is this hope is better because this hope draws us near to God, while the old law accomplished or it perfected nothing. The new law draws us near to God, giving us the benefits that I just described. <clears throat> the old law could not draw us close to God. Excuse me. <clears throat> the old law could not draw us close to God. Um, the Levitical priesthood was only able to offer an external cleanliness, but was not able to offer eternal atonement for sins. There was no teleosis in the old law. But now there is through Jesus. <clears throat> Since the old law could not do what it said it was intended to do, that, that, that is to draw people close to God, it has been replaced with a new law that could accomplish that task. And with a new law comes a new priesthood, a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, Jesus the Judaite, but also eternal. So just to be clear, it is through Jesus that we are brought close to God. It is through Jesus that that teleosis happens. This is a longing of our hearts. The community and closeness of drawing near to God relieves a deep spiritual longing in our soul. We were created to be in relationship with God. And we see this in Genesis 1 and 2. Adam and Eve were in the garden with God. But sin broke that closeness. 
and our sin continues to separate us from God. And the Old Testament law was given as a theoretical means of rectifying this problem. But in reality, it only showed that humans could not fix this problem on our own. And since, uh, sorry, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection atones for our sins and allows us, through faith, to be drawn close to God again. Since this is how we were created to exist, this is great satisfaction and great peace that comes with this drawing close to God. So if you are separated from God, let Jesus atone for your sins and draw you close to your creator. Let Jesus provide the teleosis that our hearts long for. So we come to our point of application, or our, our time of application. And we always get our application from our definition of a disciple, which we get from Matthew 4.19, where Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And we have our three indicators of a disciple. Who can tell me our three indicators of a disciple? Knowing, being, and doing. Awesome. All right. So our no application <clears throat> is to know that Jesus has fulfilled and replaced the Old Testament priests. If the purpose of the Old Testament priests were to draw the people close to God, Jesus does that for us. The law that established these priests was there to show us that we could not accomplish this on our own. Then the Old Testament shows that time and time again that we can't do that. So it has already accomplished that task is showing us that we can't do it. So this paves a way for a new law to come in and replace that old law, this new priesthood to come along with it. So Jesus's life, death, and resurrection has paid the penalty of our sin, which we could not do, and restored our relationship with God, which we cannot do on our own. The second application point is to be drawn near to God. Let Jesus do that teleosis that we were talking about. Be drawn near to God. The restored relationship that Jesus' sacrifice accomplishes is what our heart longs for. It's that close relationship with God that we were created to have, that we long for, and we will search for until we find that. <clears throat> we were created to be in close relationship with God. We long for this, and we seek to fill this longing with all sorts of disappointing substitutes. So you might try to fill that void with work, but you'll find that you can never work your way back to God. You might try to find, uh, fill that void with other relationships. You know, and while marriage and, and friendship and business relationships and many other relationships can be good relationships, they will not fill that void. Well, that's because these other people were not created to fill that void for you. That void was created in you to be filled only by God. So other people will always disappoint you when you try to put them in the place of God. I'm not saying that people are always bad, but we are sinful and we are not God. So to put that, that, that expectation on somebody else, you're going to be disappointed. We will all eventually disappoint each other in one way or another or offend each other in one way or another. Now you might try to fill that void with experiences. Might be drugs, might be material things, or might even be serving others. But ultimately, all of these things will leave us longing for something more because we were created for something more. We were created to be in close relationship with God. And Jesus can bring us into that close relationship that we are created for. Jesus can draw us near to God. He can provide that teleosis that we've been talking about this whole time. And our final application, the do, well, this one seems kind of cheesy, I think, but the do is to come back next week because this is only part one of this little two-part series within a series 
within us. I don't know. Uh, so if you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast, you can just subscribe. That'll help you to find us easier. But if you're here in person, come back in person and don't miss it. So next week, we'll finish this little mini-series called Jesus is Greater Than the Old Testament Priests. Uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we long for you. We long to be close to you. And you've provided a way for us to be near to you, to be drawn near to you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to respond to that calling. Pray that you will help us to place our faith in Jesus as our Lord. Father, I pray that you will help us to surrender to you in everything, in every aspect of our life. Help us to recognize that Jesus has replaced that Old Testament priesthood and let him draw us near to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more information about our church, please visit VictoryBaptistHopeMills.com or Facebook.com slash VBCHopeMills. I would also like to ask that you rate and review this podcast. And if you found this sermon helpful, please share it.